Is it busy? Is there anything going on this week that we should know about? Is there something important to discuss? Are there? <laughs> it is election eve, you guys, and I can't be. I could not be more excited. I mean, could I be more excited? I don't know. I don't think so. I think we have a believe we have a candidate on the line with us right now, Commissioner Brandon Johnson, running for mayor of the city of Chicago. I'm guessing it's a busy last uh, 24 hours for you, sir. How's it going? Hey, what's going on? It's going well. Thank you for asking. And it is busy, and um, that's a good sign. If I weren't doing anything, that would probably indicate that I'm not doing well. But because we are so busy, that's a a sign that uh, our campaign continues to catch the imagination, the hopes and dreams of the people of Chicago, and I'm looking forward to tomorrow. What are the things that you are focused on right now in these last hours? Because, look, all these stories keep coming out and polling numbers. What are you committed to doing? What message are you committed to making sure that anybody who has not yet early voted uh, is still on the fence? Because I talked to a lot of people yesterday at Polling Place, and they're still undecided. So uh, what what are you focused on right now? Like, what, what are the events you're doing? What kind of, what kind of running around are you going to do tomorrow? Tell us. Well, I'm still committed to what we've been doing for the last several months, and that's organizing all over the city. And so we've probably had, I mean, easily over 70, 75, conservatively, 75 house parties. Um, We have hundreds of donors where we've raised uh, roughly $350,000 from just individual donors around the city, average uh, contribution of $90,000, $95. We have knocked 300,000 doors, I believe, we've reached. Um, the city of Chicago. And so what we have discovered, obviously, as people get to know me, um, they are clear that I represent and reflect the best values of the city of Chicago. And so, you know, my message is pretty still pretty simple, that in order to have a better, stronger, safer Chicago, you have to love people enough to invest in them. I'm committed to doing that. I'm the only one who has presented a sweeping plans um, that can help transform this city. And we do it all without raising property taxes. We do it without, um, though there, there have been people lying about my platform. Um, that hasn't worked. Um, and we do it by bringing people together. And that's what I'm confident that this city um, is prepared and willing to do. And that's why I'm in the position that I'm in. The movement of, of education justice, um, the movement for healthcare justice, for environmental and climate justice, um, these movements and housing justice, um, have come together at a critical moment in our city's history, prepared to take the message of working people, middle-class families, those struggling in poverty, to the fifth floor. And I'm looking forward to leading that effort. I live in an area with a lot of first responders, and, and many of them will say they don't trust you. Uh, some of them will use more uh, colorful language that we don't need to get into. Uh, what do you have to say to those folks who uh, are cynical about your platform and your approach towards it? And, and some of that has been shaped by the other candidates. What do you want to tell uh, our first responders? Yeah, the first thing is this. Um, My plan is very clear about making sure that first responders actually get to do their job. Almost 40% of the 911 calls that come through are mental health crises. Why are we asking police officers to be social workers and counselors and marriage therapists? Look, I've been a public school teacher in the city. I know all of the societal issues that fall at the, the feet at teachers and police officers, and people expect us to do the jobs of every single profession. My plan actually alleviates and relieves law enforcement from doing the things that previous administrations have constantly forced them to do. In fact, Paul Vallis is the reason why we are in this economic crisis. He was in charge in the 90s of the budget when I was in high school. 
his failures to be able to put together a budget that speaks to the values of working people is why we are in this economic crisis. In fact, everywhere he has been in charge of a budget, whether it's been in Chicago, Philadelphia, New Orleans, he has been fired. If people want to continue down the path of old-style politics that has left families behind, I reject that because I believe that there's a better, stronger, safer Chicago that awaits us with the right kind of investment. So I'm asking people to actually trust the work that I've done because the people who have been in charge before is why we're in the predicament now. We can't go back to that. We're talking to Commissioner Brandon Johnson, candidate for the mayor of Chicago. For those who are just getting in their cars or just tuning in, uh, another question you just mentioned uh, that uh, you were you're a teacher, and uh, and you also alluded to the contention between uh, Paul Vallis uh, and well, at least I think it's well documented the contention between Paul Vallis and CTU. You, on the other hand, uh, endorsed by by CTU, a lot of support there, a lot of uh, a strong relationship there. And one listener asks, uh, can you please ask Brandon Johnson if a elected, will he stand up to CTU? If you don't agree with them or have some some discrepancies bet- between uh, ideology or policy, uh, will you fall in line with them or challenge them? I'm going to stand up for the people of the city of Chicago, like I've done as a Cook County commissioner. Look, I'm also supported by child care workers. I'm supported by individuals who take care of seniors. We have independent political organizations all over the city of Chicago that have supported me. Um, Elected officials like Congresswoman Delia Ramirez, Congressman Jonathan Jackson, and everyone in between. I'm going to be responsible for a budget that speaks to the interests of working class and middle class families. And as a Cook County commissioner, I've passed multi-billion dollar budgets working with 16 other county commissioners, a board president, and separately elected, constitutionally protected, countywide elected officials. I'm the only person in this campaign who is running for mayor that has a record of bringing people together, especially when it comes to passing budget. Bottom line is this, Paul Vallis is responsible for school closures. He's responsible for school privatization. He has caused the, the, the ominous decline of black educators. That has happened under his reign. Wherever he has gone, he has left a trail of tears behind. And so we cannot go back to that old style of politics. And, of course, I'm grateful to have the support of working people all over the city of Chicago. But I'm very much committed to making sure as a parent who sends their children to the Chicago public schools that there's no one in this race that has more of an incentive for the city of Chicago to have effective public schools and someone who sends their children to them. And so that person who has that question, that concern, you have my word that I'm going to stand for the interests of parents because I am one. There you go, Dan. That was our, our listener that wanted uh, that question asked. Uh, you know, one of the things that uh, we talk a lot about over the last four years uh, has been the way in which the mayor's office has uh been a little bit uh, abrasive with members of city council. Uh, what would how would you describe your working relationship with colleagues, with people you disagree with, with uh, with people that you want to be able to to make sure that the right things are done for the city of Chicago, for the people of Chicago? Thank you. I've been I was raised in a very large family. I'm one of ten. Plus, my parents were foster parents, so I learned early in life how to negotiate, um, especially because we only had one bathroom. But so my father taught us though growing up. The real sign of someone who has true character. He never called it leadership. He said true character. You have to be collaborative. You have to be compassionate. You have to be competent. That's my style. I've done it as an organizer. It's why we have an elected representative school board. I organized all over the city of Chicago before I was an elected official to get that done. I was on the front line as we were fighting for 15. 
organizing workers across the state to push the General Assembly to actually to do right by working people. We have civilian oversight of the policing. We're district council races around the city where the individuals that our neighbors will have say so on how we do policing in the city of Chicago. This is all brought to us by a movement because democracy actually matters. And so, you know, my style of leadership is, is, is collaborative. It's, it's compassionate. And then we have to make sure that they were being competent because the people of Chicago deserve leadership that actually knows what they're doing. And unfortunately, the politics of old that have left families behind have placed us in this predicament right now. And I'm glad that people are speaking to their hopes and dreams and not voting to their fears and the misinformation that's being spread about people that we can do better than cast people based upon their religion or cast people based upon their geographical makeup. The city of Chicago can be better than that. And that's why people are saying that Brandon is better for the city of Chicago because we have a multicultural, multi-generational movement from the first war to the 50s war. The only person that has a ground game in every single geographical area in the city of Chicago because I love people enough to invest in them now as I run, and that's how I'm going to lead when I'm the mayor of the city of Chicago. In all these months of campaigning, uh, which I believe started, uh, it was August, September, sometime in the summer last year. Is that about right? I'm trying to remember when you announced. Yeah, I announced in October. So I've been at it since the end of October. Okay. <laughs> Along the way, so this is a lot. You've answered a lot of questions, had so many conversations, these conversations. And I'm wondering, what, what has stood out for you? Is there a moment where you went, oh, that, that's unexpected, or this is something that's going to stay with me and I'm going to carry with me win or lose in this race? There's a woman who met me in McKinley Park for a house party. She was retired. She was on a fixed income. She collects a social security check every single month. When I announced in October, she had been saving her social security check for this house party in McKinley Park. And she contributed $300 to my campaign Uh. from her social security check. I, 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 I didn't want to take it. I didn't. She believes in this movement so much she was willing to, to, to save up her fixed income just to be able to contribute to make sure that our movement is being expressed. I will never forget Ms. Barajas. And every single day from that moment, I've been carrying that story and that moment with me. It's why even when I get a little tired and sometimes people say things about our campaign and our movement, that's disparaging, that I, I, I don't get discouraged because there are people out there like Ms. Barajas believe in us enough to invest in our moment and our movement because that is the spirit that is the spirit of chicago but there are a lot of things that you can characterize the city in many different ways but what i've seen overwhelmingly that there is just a radical amount of love that people have one for another and that's how we run our campaign that's what our plans speak to and that's how i'm going to leave when i'm the mayor of the city of chicago that we're going to be collaborative competent of course we're going to be compassionate but we're going to lead with love no matter who you are whether you agree with every single ideological frame that I possess, you'll never have a mayor again, as long as I'm the mayor of the city of Chicago, um, that refuses to actually invest in people and demonstrate love. And Ms. Barajas is the epitome of what this campaign reflects. That is an incredible story. And I uh, I know that there will be other things that you reflect on. And, and uh, I, the other thing that uh, folks are uh, wondering about, because, uh, they, they, like I said, there are people who are on, their, on the fence. There are people who think, well, if, if there's a candidate I like, but I don't think they've got a shot at making the runoff, you know, am I wasting my vote? Uh, we've been talking quite a bit on ranked choice voting. Uh, how do you think that would have played in a race like this? And, and do you support ranked choice voting? I do support it. You know, um, 
there's a reason why our candidacy is called fires because we're speaking to the interest of working people and middle-class families um, who've struggled under these this economy for a very long time. And the fact that we have people who live in, in poverty in one of the richest cities in the world is unconscionable. You know, but, but what I can say is that, you know, every poll um, has sort of a different story, but <laughs> let's tell the truth though. Um, I'm in this runoff and every poll has indicated that the latest poll that, that, that has just come out, you know, again, has me at 20% and no one really knew my name back in October, but you know what they do know? They know our message and they know I've been delivering a message that speaks to truth, that speaks to justice and equity, fairness, you know, so yeah, if, if I'm confident that we're going to get in the runoff and we're going to continue to carry this message all the way to April. And yes, we have to have forms of democracy that allows for full participation. Um, and I'm committed to doing that as mayor and pushing policies that, that help provide that type of structure um, so that people can have like a real choice, um, you know, when it comes to, or they don't feel like they're being isolated uh, because their choice is, is not a, a person, um, you know, who is in as best of a position as others. I, I have to ask you as well, uh, this is just going to be a, a, a sort of taking a look back at this entire campaign. You've been in dozens of forums, as you mentioned, hundreds of, of parties in people's homes and meet and greets and things like that. How have you, and this is something that I don't know if anyone's asked you, but how are you taking care of yourself? Because should you become the mayor of Chicago, you have to continue to have that balance of self-care. And I and I think it, does, it can contribute to the way people approach each other if they're not managing that being uh, aware and uh, you know being uh, thoughtful about that yeah, thank you for asking that question and that's something that you know I'm committed to doing of course um, citywide that's why we're going to reopen the mental health centers we're going to pass treatment that trauma so we're providing care for one another mobile units particularly for students our public school system mobile units of care that can be available throughout the city you know, for me personally, like I'm grounded by my faith. You know, my father is a pastor, is retired. My grandfather served as a pastor. I have an incredible wife, 25 years. She's my best friend. Three amazing children that I get to come home to every single day. And quite frankly, Mima, my mother-in-law, she's uh, she's quite supportive. She's actually here now as I prepare to leave out for another event. She's providing support for the two little ones as my wife picks up our eldest, um, who's a freshman at Kenwood. You know, so it's really just surrounding myself with people who who love me, who know me. Um, and then, of course, I'm trying to get a healthy dose of baseball. What better way to pass the time by? <laughs> hold on. Hold up. I don't know. I don't know if I've asked you. I don't know if I've seen the answer. Cubs or White Sox? I grew up watching WGN. Oh. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't know about the other listeners, but I'm like, okay, <laughs> we're good. <laughs> I'm actually wearing um, I'm wearing I'm wearing cubby blue, but it's actually I, I'm a dork for elections. Uh, uh, in my stand up, I talk about how I make my husband dress up as a judge of elections, uh, which is just carrying a box of donuts and wearing suspenders. That's just a weird thing. But uh, I'm wearing my 2012 Obama shirt from his campaign. I just I love these days the energy uh, leading into election day is one of my favorite things. What have been some of your favorite memories besides the, the woman who saved her Social Security checks? Uh, you know, is it was it the forums? Was it the meet and greets or was it just kind of the whole thing uh, in congregate? You know, it's really all of the above. And I, I don't want to give a political answer here, but it really is all of the above. I've been to every corner of the city of Chicago. I mean, and there's so much pride in this city that I wish those 
you know, from various neighborhoods, I wish we could see one another at the same time because there's so much that links us. Whether you're a family in Jefferson Park or Morgan Park or McKinley Park or Humble Park, um, you know, we want what's best for our families. We want good schools, reliable transportation, healthcare, good paying jobs. We want to afford and live here in an environment that works, access to food, healthy food, you know, a safe, thriving community. That's what people want. Parks and recreation. I mean, this, this is what binds us all together. And, you know, I've had so many awesome meals. <laughs> you know? There you go. There it um, is. You know? yes. and, and I've been, I've, listen, and I've done my best to make sure that I stay healthy. But, you know, when you are in the dynamic <laughs> culture of the city of Chicago, yeah. and there's something that comes with a little extra spice mm. as well. Mm. Uh, you know, whether it's Mexican food, Indian food, you know, whether it's soul food. I mean, I've tasted it all. And Chicago, look, we can be better. I, I actually think we could just bring the city together by just making sure that we have, like, potlucks and taste tests for different macaroni and cheese from all the different cultures that, that do it. So <laughs> I, I've, I've enjoyed every bit of it. Of course, there's some amazing art that's on online. Um, you know, my, my family is a, um, a little bit uh, overwhelmed by the, the level of artistic characterizations of their husband, brother, cousin, son, and father. Uh, but it's been pretty cool to watch and see the city become so excited around a set of values that, quite frankly, should have prevailed a long time ago. I'm just glad we're in a position where we can actually get it done. I uh, have a couple more questions from listeners. Do you have time? Of course. Let's okay, go. great. So here's one. Uh, I'll take one call, and then I think I have uh, one call and one text so far. Oh, two texts. Uh, I have a question. Will Brand- How will Brandon Johnson bring companies and jobs to the entire city? He always talks about the Austin neighborhood, which is fine, but what about downtown, the Loop, and the rest of the city? Well, I talk about Austin because that's where I live. That's all. I mean, right. I, I mean, of course, you know, and I, I think that's important to talk about where I live, you know, just to give some context of when I, what I bring to this conversation. But, of course, I represent, you know, a community that is, you know, quite diverse and broad. I actually represent uh, suburban Cook County as well. I mean, look, I, I mentioned this in my plan, that there is a great deal of vacancy downtown because of the pandemic. And so I lay out plans around biotechnology and the vacancy that is there that provides opportunities for us to actually attract biotech companies. In addition to making sure that we're moving green technology as a whole around the city, I put together an environmental plan that speaks to, to justice, right? Because the environment in and of itself, as we work to um, have you know, a more friendlier environment, um, we're talking about a citywide composting structure, right, to make sure that we are creating um, local economies, particularly small businesses, to be able to help the infrastructure within communities uh, by having economic stability and security, the micro-grants and loans that will help small businesses as well. But the really big thing, of course, is making sure that our city is safer. I mean, that is the number one reason why big businesses in particular, even small businesses, are struggling um, to exist and thrive and, and want to, to stay here. And so my public safety plan speaks to what works, and that is investing in people. So, no, I'm going to make sure that, unlike other administrations, I'm going to make sure that every single neighborhood is concentrated on. And thank you, whoever that was, for acknowledging the fact like a neighborhood like Austin is finally getting some recognition and some attention because we have not had that in an entire generation. And I've got a caller on the line. Mirna, we've only got a couple minutes left here, so uh, we've got your question and another one. So what would you like to ask the commissioner? Commissioner Brandon Johnson on with Mirna. 
Hi. Uh, at the forum a couple of weeks ago, um, I'm almost positive I heard you say that your plan was to raise a hotel tax by 60% or more. It was The question was posted on your Facebook page, and you said no, that wasn't you who said that. And uh, last night, uh, Paul Vallis mentioned that also. Can you clarify that? Are you planning on raising it, and how much? No. There were a couple of lies that had been made about an income tax as well. It's not true. Look, it was described as a mistake by a publication, particularly with the city income tax. Um, it's incorrect. It's not in my plan. And I hope that people recognize that when publications make mistakes like that and they retract them, we don't bring any judgment. They apologize for it. I'm prepared to move forward. My plan is very clear. It's not that much different than what President Biden said the other night ago. A teacher and a firefighter should not pay the same tax rate as a billionaire or millionaire. The city of Chicago agrees with me. 71% of the city of Chicago supported when President, I'm sorry, when <laughs> President, when Governor Pritzker pushed for the progressive income tax. 71% said it was the right thing to do. And so I believe that the city of Chicago to challenge the General Assembly yet again to do what the city of Chicago deserves. And that's to have a tax structure that does not place burdens on everyday people. And that's why I'm the only person to put together a plan that does not raise um, property taxes. That's different than, of course, than someone like Paul Vallis. I think it's actually um, not surprising that he's lying. He was in charge of the budget in the 1990s. And it's the reason why we have the predicament that we're in right now. I would ask the entire city of Chicago to begin to ask him questions about how he didn't pay pensions, how he took dollars out of general, out of, out of particular streams and placed them in the general revenue stream that has caused the type of economic depravity that we're all experiencing. When I'm mayor of the city of Chicago, I'm going to fix what he messed up, and I'm also going to make critical investments without placing the burden on middle-class families like he has done all over the country. I'm going to take two more questions. We got Debbie. Uh, we have one call, one text, and that'll be. We have to let the commissioner go. He's got stuff to do uh, on this last these last 24, 26 hours of the election. Uh, Debbie in Old Town, what's your question for the commissioner? Hi, thank you so much for taking my call. It's very important. I did just vote for Brandon, and so did my husband. So, and I've seen you at many forums and listened to you, and you are definitely my choice. What my question is for you is if you weren't a candidate and you weren't voting, or and you weren't voting for you, who would you vote for? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. You know, so, I mean, there are a number of candidates that actually enjoy what they're talking about. So here's what I would say, that there are candidates that are still pushing an agenda that I think is still harmful, though they are getting some things right. Um, people will remember in 2015, I was one of the lead organizers with, um, at that time, Cook County Commissioner Garcia. Um, I am disappointed that some candidates have moved more to the right um, than, than, than what I believe the residents of the city of Chicago want and deserve. Um, and so, I mean, I would say at this point, um, unless there was some significant movement from the other candidates, it would be very difficult to be able to say out loud at this point who I would be willing to vote for. 
um, without making sure that we're pushing them to be closer towards the particular view of the world that the folks like you obviously have. So I like a number of them. Cam has been a good friend, um, pushing for some dynamics in the General Assembly. Um, you know, I've worked, you know, with, with all this woman team, of course, as we were pushing to raise the minimum wage. Again, these are very thoughtful, brilliant individuals. Um, they just have some political views of the world um, that I think that are too heavily relying upon the old form of governance that have left too many of our families behind. And I have this will be the last question. Uh, we are talking to Commissioner Brandon Johnson running for mayor. Uh, y- this is a question from a texter. U.S. cities don't have enough public bathrooms and Chicago is certainly no exception. Coupled with a homelessness crisis, the shortage brings health and safety concerns to light. And uh, what are your plans for uh, providing more equitable access to these to, to homeless people, to the people traveling, to tourists, to residents? Yeah, thank you again for that question. So bring Chicago home is one of the top priorities in my administration. That's going to raise revenue um, to deal with the unhoused. I mean, it's a, it's a very horrific dynamic right now, of which 20,000 of the 65,000 who are unhoused are students. And so that's making sure, obviously, all of our public accommodations are available to support those who are unhoused. As we build up more affordable housing, as we build more public housing, as we create a pathway to home ownership, we have to make sure that we're building communities around those spaces, like our parks and recreation spaces, so that there's more access to public accommodations, which include bathrooms. But I will say this, I appreciate this question so much, because when we talk about black history, and particularly during this month, we talk about school, we talk about jobs and, you know, access to voting, and all those things are very important to remember the struggle for democracy in this country, and particularly those who are descendants of slaves. But it was bathrooms, it was water fountains um, that we were also denied. And so when, when we talk about, in my campaign, about public accommodations, I include all of those things because it's deeply connected to the overall struggle uh, for, for, for our existence in this city and in this, in this country. And so that requires like real planning, but it also requires an investment. And just know that as mayor of the city of Chicago, voting for me, you're going to have someone who loves people enough to invest in them. You have my commitment. So I want people to go to my website. They can check me out there, brandonforchicago.com. I want people to punch five and vote for Brandon Johnson because I believe a better, stronger state for Chicago is, is possible, especially if we do it together. And I'm committed to doing that. We appreciate your time. Go get them. Uh, I know that uh, I, don't, I don't know how much you'll sleep tonight, but at least meditate. All right. Prayer and meditation. So I appreciate Yep. All right. All right. <laughs> I appreciate Bye-bye. you too, sir. Take care. Have a good evening. <laughs> You'll relax, but good luck. Uh, let's take a break here. I'll take your calls. Howard and Jim, David, uh, thank you all so much for being on hold. I will take your calls in just a moment on Driving at Home with me, Patty Vasquez. Howard, you're going to go first because I didn't get a chance to start the show with gratitude. More in a moment on Driving at Home with me, Patty Vasquez. Thanks to our sponsors, Monaco Brewing, Kids Above All, and European Car Service.